Today is February the 15th. Did you ever wonder how to find out God's will? Gideon did. He had an interesting way of doing it. Let's find out together what that was as we study Judges chapter 6. We start again in Judges chapter 6 with the cycle that we've seen now a couple of times being repeated in the book of Judges. Judges 6.1, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. There's the sin. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. And there is the oppressor. According to what um, the book of Judges says, uh, it's not just the Midianites, it's Amalek and all of the people that were east of the Jordan River. What they would do, these were nomadic tribes and they would invade uh, this area of Israel. They would uh, steal their crops, steal their livestock. Israel uh, eventually had to try to hide everything that they had. So the Lord raised up uh, a deliverer. Six, the second half of verse six. The Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. There's the cry. And the Lord raises up in verse 14, the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. So there we have the cycle as it occurs time after time. But there is an interesting paragraph. From verses 7 to 10, a prophet comes to speak to Israel. Here's what he says. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies. I gave you their land. I told you, I'm the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you haven't listened to me. Now, that's all that the prophet says. And so the Lord himself comes and calls Gideon. When he finds Gideon, Gideon is hiding like the rest of the Israelites are hiding. He is in a wine press and he is milling wheat. Uh, that's kind of unusual. You mill wheat uh, at the millstone, but not when you're in hiding. So Gideon was in hiding. The Lord appears to him and says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And he says, what? <laughs> Me? Don't you see where I am? Don't you see what's happened? If the Lord were with us, why has all this happened to us? Why do bad things happen to good people? Israel wasn't quite as good as Gideon seemed to think they were. Uh, the Lord said, no, no, I am sending you to rescue Israel. Gideon says, how can that be? I'm from the smallest tribe of Israel. 
the weakest clan in my tribe. I'm the weakest in my family. I'm the least of the least of the least. And the Lord said, no, I'll be with you. Gideon says, if that's true, let me make a sacrifice to you. And he accepts. Now this shows us that this isn't just any angel who's appearing here. This is God. This is a theophany. Verses 17 and 18, Gideon says, if you're truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that's really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. And he said, I'll stay here until you return. Gideon ran away, went home. He came back with an offering. The Lord said, put it on that rock. He did. He said, pour the broth that you bought over the offering. He did. The Lord touched it, and the whole thing just poof, up in smoke. This was the Lord. And then the Lord disappeared. Now that night, the Lord comes back to Gideon. Verse 25, that night the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd. The first one had been sacrificed. Take the one that's seven years old, pull down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. The altar to Baal was most likely a bull Baal was typically pictured standing on top of a bull. It's no accident that when Aaron put the gold of Israel in the fire, uh, what came out was a golden calf. It was a bull. It was the place where Baal was to stand. The altar to Baal was probably a bull. The Asherah pole stood beside the altar of Baal what the Asherah pole was. They would take a tree with a straight trunk. They would strip it of all of its branches, all of its bark. They would make it a phallic symbol. Then they would have the male god and the female god and the sexuality that that implied. Gideon was to tear down the altar to Baal, cut down the Asherah tree pole and then use that wood and sacrifice, make an altar to God, which was typically at this time, time done with 12 large stones, one for each tribe of Israel. Then he was to lay the sacrificed bull on top of the wood and burn it. And that's what he did. By morning, when the town saw that the altar to Baal and the Asherah pole were gone, they said, who did it? They said, it was Gideon. They went to Gideon and said, what did you do? He said, why are you here defending Baal? If he's a god, let him defend himself. And he earned a second name, Jerob Baal. Let Baal defend himself. At the end of the chapter, Gideon comes back to the Lord and he says, Lord, okay, I've done what you wanted. I got rid of the God that here in this village the people were worshiping. 
But to go out and fight the Midianites, I want you to prove to me that that's what you want me to do. Now, how did Gideon figure out what was God's will? He took a fleece, a skin with hair. He said, I'll put it here on the threshing floor. Tomorrow morning, if the fleece is wet with dew, but the ground is dry, then I'll know that you're going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. He went to bed when he got up in the morning. The fleece was wet and the ground was dry. Then he said, now, I've never done this before. Maybe that's just what happens. Please don't be angry with me, God, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for you one more time. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet. And in the morning, that's the way it was. So Gideon said, okay, I know you're asking me to do it. How do you discern God's will? Gideon had a very unusual way of doing it. We even today talk about putting out the fleece. Um, I think over the years I've kind of developed a basic criteria to try to figure out what God's will is. First step, I go to his word. Sometimes his will is clearly in his word. And if I find in his word what it is that I'm supposed to do, that's the end of it. If his word is not clear, I'll go to prayer. I'll begin to pray to the Lord, what is it you want me to do? I spend time in prayer not only asking but also listening. The third thing I do is I look for good counsel from friends that I respect. Sometimes they'll have a good word from the Lord for me. Sometimes people have put a fleece before the Lord. If you want to try that, you know, I'm not saying that that's wrong. But I do think you should exhaust the first three steps first. The one thing that I have discovered is that when you're looking for God's will, when you know, you know. In other words, what I'm saying is when God shows you his will, he will convince you that that's what he wants you to do. When you know, you know. If you're still not sure, keep praying. Keep reading the word. Keep going for counsel. When you know, you know. Please go to whatever program you use to listen to this presentation. Like, follow, subscribe, and share with your friends. Do you have questions for us? Send them to questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll look at the book of Judges version of the Battle of the 300.